Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Love her dearly, and that is Sheila Moses. She has a historical fiction book titled We Were the Fire, Birmingham, 1963. National Book Award finalist, Sheila A. Moses. Sheila, let me start quickly. First of all, where do you find the time (laughs) to write a uh, a, a, a a historical fiction book. I my, I mean you you I I've known you you've been editors. You've written things for us. When 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 did this start? When what was the genesis of We Were the Fire, Birmingham, nineteen sixty three? Okay. Good morning, and, Joe. And, Thank you for having me on the show. Good morning. It started actually in 1988. I was in Birmingham on a trip with one of my old loves. And while he was at work, I was strolling down the streets of Birmingham. And so we're talking 1988. And of course, my first stop was um, at the time, the Civil Rights Institute was not there. Mm -hmm. So I went to Kelly Ingram Park. And of course, I stood in front of 16th Street Baptist Church. Now, I was not a full-time writer at the time. I was just, you know, writing my poems at home, etc. Fast forward four years, I meet Dick Gregory in St. Louis, Missouri. Like so many things that have happened good in my life, um, Dick Gregory kind of planted the seed. At that time, I was president and CEO of my agency, which was a speakers bureau, Greg became my client. He wanted to write his autobiography. I started looking for someone to write his book. People don't know this, but the great Barbara Reynolds was supposed to write Callous on My Soul. Hmm. And and Barbara was working on, I believe, Coretta Scott King's book, so she couldn't do it. Donald Bogle was next. Anyway, I went back to Greg. I'm his agent, and I tell him, oh, um, you know, we, those two writers are not going to work out. Greg says, listen, you write every day. Why do you keep talking to me about a writer? Write the darn book. Call me when you're finished. So that is how Callous on My Soul happened. During that time, he started talking to me and teaching me about Birmingham. So that is when it started. So I started doing research on Birmingham and really just putting it, putting it away. So you're talking 1997, 98. I go back to Birmingham in 2000, again in 2005. So I really wrote this book 17 years ago. I have about 20 publishers who turned the book down. There's enough about Birmingham. There's enough about Buakana. Well, no, actually it's not. Because until you tell the story of the children and what happened in Keller Ingram Park, then the story is not told. So I didn't tell what was in the history book. I told what Dick Gregory told me. And and so, what is? Give me the backdrop of this um, historical fiction, as they as they call it. Uh, what's the backdrop of of this uh, of of the book? We were the fire. Birmingham, 1963. So the backdrop is 
you have a little boy named Rufus, who is the little boy that Dick Gregory told me about that he met in the Birmingham jail. Okay. Ten-year-old Rufus Jackson Jones, Jr. Right. Okay. Ten-year-old Rufus Jackson Jones, Jr. I always use Jones because that's my mother's maiden name. All right. So I always use that name in my books. So Rufus lives on Bull Hill, which is actually a little area in my hometown in North Carolina. So I moved that area to Birmingham, and he lives there with his mother. The father is deceased. He wants to be a part of the movement. And his mother, like most black mothers in the South in 1963, she's afraid for Rufus. She remarries, and her husband is a part of the movement. But, of course, he's afraid he's going to lose his job. And he's sneaking out at night to meetings. Rufus is also on a mission, and his mission is to go to Kelly Ingram Park to march with the children. So he's listening to his stepfather, Daddy Paul, and he's listening to the children at school, and they come up with a plan. So on D-Day, which is um, early March in Birmingham, they decide they're going to sneak to the park. And little do they know that they walk into a war zone because Bull Carney is waiting. So how, how this happens is I took all of my research, mm-hmm. all of the things that Dick Gregory told me. Of course, you know he was there. Um, he came to Birmingham and made he was beaten and thrown in jail. And he meets Rufus. Of course, I don't know the real little boy named that Dick Gregory met, mm-hmm. but that's the character in my book. Okay. So what happens in Kelly Ingram Park is over a course of three days, over 3,000 children. We'll never know the real number, Joe. Right. It could have been 5,000. You know, they'll never tell the truth. But we know at least 3,000 children arrived in Kelly Ingram Park. They were beaten some. They were washed down the street um, with water from the fire hose. They were chased by dogs, and they were put in jail. When the jail sealed up, they were taken to the fairground, and they were left there for days. They were released in the middle of the night with no notification to their parents. Mm. And the people who looked out for them, this is left out of the history books. The photographers and the news reporters would let the children stand with them outside of the fairground until their parents arrived because Bull Connor's boys would just release them in the middle of the night. The thing that is fascinating is this is people now people may say wait a minute Sheila Moses uh and we're talking about her new uh her new book we were the fire Birmingham 1963 people will say this is not a fiction this is real life stuff how your reply to that I'm a writer <laughs> that's my job is to get the children engaged. And as a historian, 
I take the facts and add some juice to them without taking out the facts. And I create a character, Rufus. Mm-hmm. Rufus is represents 2,000 little black boys in Birmingham. As a, a creative person, I use my creative right to create a name and a little boy. And I give him a mother and a father. You also in the book, you also in the book, Mm -hmm. give him uh, Reverend Shuttleworth his pastor. Right. Because when the real historians, and you know Dick Gregory loved to say that, when the real historians tell the real truth, they're going to have to talk about Fred Shuttlesworth. So I take the real people. This is not the first time this has happened in my book, um, the Legend of Buddy Bush, I did the same thing. I did the same thing with I Dread Scott. Children read historical fiction, and they can relate mm-hmm. to Rufus. But if I talk about a real-life character, they may not relate to it if I don't make him funny. I made Rufus funny when he was not in pain. I gave him a teacher I gave him a mom and a dad. I gave him a home life. And then once I draw them in, then I give them the facts. I tell them who Reverend Shuttlesworth was, what he did, and what he was willing to die for. All I need to do is get their attention. Then I tell the story. Yeah. The other thing I I so appreciate about We Were the Fire is you 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 also bring in something a lot of people do not talk about, and that is the legitimate fears of the parents, mm-hmm. who, by the way, in in real life, uh, didn't want their children. Matter of fact, very angry at Dr. King, and I want do you talk about that for incorporating, including their children, in the uh, protest. Well, what they were, fear is the word. Number one, they had two problems. You know, Birmingham is known for the the steel mills, but all the companies there, if you didn't work for Mr. Gaston, who owned the only black hotel in town, how many black businesses were in Birmingham? So number one, they were afraid for their life. Let's start there. They knew they could be riding home from work and that they marched, that they could maybe not make it home to their children. Number two, if they made it home from work and went back the next day, they had a list. And if your name was on that list as a protester, you could lose your job. So they were angry at Dr. King, not just Dr. King, but they were angry with Shuttlesworth and a lot of oh, yeah. leaders because they felt that, well, they knew they needed their job. Do, so, so what happened? Yeah, go ahead. So what happened, the children kind of took over the movement. <laughs> you know, they they kind of took it out of not just Dr. King hand, but Shuttlesworth. Um, Dick Gregory. Um, Let me tell you a great story. Okay. There's a picture I'm going to send to you. I I believe Greg was in, Dick Gregory was in Jackson, Mississippi, I believe, with Megger. 
he leaves to arrive in Birmingham. There's a picture of him walking down the street, and people think that he's marching. He's not marching. He's trying to catch up with the children. (laughs) (laughs) They left him. So the reason there's a big crowd around him is they left him. And then there's another picture of him face-to-face with the cops. Well, that's because he caught up with the kids. But they were gone. They were supposed to march with him, and they went. They left without him. Right. The book is We Were the Fire, Birmingham, 1963. I don't, you know, I'm so tempted to just... (laughs) Keep going through the book, uh, but you know we want, people got to go out and buy it. It it is um it, it it you know it's the civil rights era. It's a uh, historical fiction, so you've got some of the real characters in the book, uh, some untold stories. The main character is this ten-year-old Rufus Jackson Jones Jr. and um. I you know you got to go through the book. I I I won't. I I will not ask, and don't give it away. What happened to Rufus? Um, you you just now the question is the age appropriate. You know because people now are talking about books and age appropriate. Um, the age for this book, um, family oriented, something young people should pick up and read. You tell me, uh, Sheila. From 8 to 80, Joe. Oh, okay, blind, crippled, or crazy. I got you. All right, that's, that's, what, we, that's what we used to say, from 8 to 80. Blind. <laughs> from 8 to 80. 80, right. Wow. And this is, a, now, the, is, the book is out. When was it published, and, and the publisher is? The publisher is Random House. And it was released on September 9th. And I don't think I have been this happy to have a book in the world since Callous on My Soul and The Legend of Buddy Bush. I've written 25 books in my lifetime, but these three are at the top. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Yeah. and, and Sheila, we should point out award winning uh, writer. 2004, nominated for the National Book Award, named uh, the Coretta Scott King honoree for the, again, the legend of of Buddy Bush. And then her novel, Joseph, was nominated for an NAACP Image Award. Um, I I wish you much success for this. What a, a, a fascinating concept based on you know our 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 friend Dick Gregory, in essence, challenging you. You, you do it. You write it. And uh, so let me ask this: How do you write? Do you write in the morning? Do you write in the evening? Do you wait until you're inspired? I mean, how do you how do you write? Well, you know, right now I'm writing a book, another historical fiction. After Bloody Sunday, which does the same thing that um, We Were the Fire did, and that is I'm telling the story of what happened on that bridge through the eyes of children, okay? Once I have finished my research, I'm not a night writer. 
I, I, I take this very seriously. I get up in the morning. I get fully dressed like I'm going to the office. And I go to the office in my home, and I write all day. Mm. And I take my lunch just as if I'm in corporate America, and I go back to my desk. And that is the way I write. And uh, my research is such a part of it. You know, when I'm writing, I, my walls are filled with pictures and and dates, and I watch videos and I listen to videos. And at one point, um, most of these people are dead now. I would actually call people that I'm writing about and talk to them. So that is my process. And sometimes, and rarely do I feel like I'm burned out, but sometimes the characters just get in my soul. And I have to stop and take a break from the characters. Yeah. And I'll do something silly, like watch a silly movie, just to get some of it off of me. Then I go back to what I do mm-hmm. because I feel like I'm obligated to do this, to tell the story of my people. Is it is it becoming more difficult? I only have two minutes left to get books like. Uh, we Were the Fire, Birmingham, 1963, and we're talking to the author, Sheila Moses. Is it difficult to get these books published? Because when we started this interview, I forgot, you, you how many publishers turned you down? Well, if, if I look back at the letters, I have about 20 letters, but the, the, the exact number of people in the last three years that said no to it was nine. But I've been trying to get this book published since 2005. Wow. What's the difficulty? Nobody wants to talk about what happened to Emmett Teals with an S. Nobody wants to talk about what happened. Nobody wants to tell the truth. about. Nobody wants to hear that Bull Connor washed little black boys and girls down the street with a water hose. That's the problem. Mm Mm-hmm. And and the they and, want to tell pretty stories, right, right. Sheila, thank you, Sheila Moses. I um, let me tell you, uh, mu- much success. We'll get this up on my favorite book list. I on my website. We'll get this out here, and much success with it's a it's a great read. I'm I, and I got to tell you, as I'm reading it, it's like a movie being played out in front of me. So that would also be the question. Have there been any offers to uh, do a movie script behind it? As we speak, I'll tell you more as we speak. That's the next step. Yes. Good. We Were the Fire, Birmingham, 1963, Sheila Moses. Appreciate you being with us. God bless. Thank you, Joe. All Thank right. You so much. You can listen to yours truly, Madison the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.